you where you were going 40 miles an hour. This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. And the white flag is in the air. Final lap for the Bush Light Clash. It looks like Martin Truex Jr. may take the win here at the Coliseum. Off the corner he comes. He still has a three-car length, four-car length advantage over Austin Dillon, who's being hounded by Kyle Busch. MTJ, Martin Truex Jr. has scored the win in the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. Truex dominating this event, the second half of the event and drives to victory lane. All right, man, it's huge after last year, you know, going winless all year and having so many heartbreakers and feeling like we were doing a lot of really good stuff, you know, and um, we just could never put it all together. So, you know, racing's a fickle, fickle business. Sometimes you don't change anything and um, things turn and go your way a little bit and you find yourself in victory lane. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you in the wake of the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. Race one of the season is done. And in this week's show, we're going to relive some of the moments in that Bush Light Clash from the Coliseum. We're also going to preview some upcoming seasons for some organizations in the Cup Series. We'll check out Hendrick Motorsports, Trackhouse Racing, Legacy Motor Club, Colleague Racing, JTG Darty, and Spire Motorsports. Plus, we're also going to have another Daytona 500 flashback. This time, we'll take you back to the 2013 edition of the Great American Race. But first, Kyle Ricky is here to get us started with a check of the latest in the world of NASCAR headlines. Kyle, what do you have for us? Mike, in the upcoming weeks, Auto Club Speedway will welcome in NASCAR to race on the two-mile surface one last time. The organization announced that the track will not host an event in 2024 as they convert the current configuration into a half-mile short track. It will mark only the second time the NASCAR Cup Series has not raced at the Southern California track since first competing there in 1997. Cup did not race at the track in 2021 due to the pandemic. Track president Dave Allen said that it's possible that the track might not host an event in 2025 due to how long it could take to make the conversion. Kyle Busch released a statement apologizing for a January incident in Mexico after reports and local authorities issued a press release saying Bush was sentenced to more than three and a half years and fined for bringing a handgun into the country. Bush stated, quote, when departing the country, I made a mistake by forgetting it was in my bag. Its discovery led to my detainment while the situation was resolved. 
I was not aware of Mexican law and had no intentions of bringing a handgun into Mexico. When it was discovered, I fully cooperated with authorities, accepted the penalties, and returned to North Carolina. I apologize for my mistake as my family and I consider the issue closed, unquote. And an IndyCar driver will have a crack at this year's Daytona 500. Connor Daly will attempt to make the Great American Race by piloting the number 50 Money Team Racing Chevrolet. The current plan is for Daly to run up to seven events for the organization this season. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up. A NASCAR Live backtracks as we return and highlight all the excitement from Sunday evening's Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. And later, we'll go inside of Hendrick Motorsports as they prepare for the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series season. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR World returned to the historic Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum this past weekend for the second ever Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. Let's listen back to all the twists, the turns, and the intensity of a Sunday evening in Southern California. Ford, Toyota on the front row, Almarola and Truex up off of the corner, looking them over closely, and the green flag goes in the air. The Bush Light Clash from the Coliseum is underway. With Denny Hamlin moving his teammate out of the way, Hamlin now to second. Classic bump and run tactic by Denny Hamlin, but he took it a little bit easy on his teammate. Hamlin goes to second, Martin Truex Jr. to third. Truex not happy at all there, looks back to the inside of Hamlin. The race for second is on again. Crossover move has some limited success. He did get to the bumper of Hamlin, but Hamlin maintains control. He's got second. Truex Jr. to third. 27 cars took the green flag. All 27 are still on the lead lap, but Dan Hubbard, maybe not for long. That's right, because Eric Almarola is going to catch the rear end of the field. One of those cars is Todd Gidola, and the other one is Austin Cindric as they make their way off turn two. Didn't take long for Almarola to catch the rear end of the field. Trouble turn number four. Ryan Blaney gets punted. He'll go the wrong way. And then Chase Elliott and Ty Gibbs with nowhere to go. They stand on the brakes. Everybody has to grab a gear, refire, and try to pull away as the race leader, Denny Hamlin, will bring the field back to the caution flag. A couple of Toyotas bring the field off of turn two and down the back straightaway, and Hamlin gets a little bit loose and actually gets into Bubba Wallace. Wallace tucks in behind Hamlin, and Hamlin missed his mark. He swings out wide, and everybody gets by. Martin Truex, William Byron, and now Austin Dillon is alongside Denny Hamlin. He goes from first down to a battle for fifth. Well, he missed his mark because he got hit in the rear end by Bubba Wallace, but it wasn't Bubba that caused that. Truex got into Bubba. Bubba got into Denny, Alex Hayden. Denny goes sailing, and now he's just trying to hang on to the top five. No issue with the car at this point. They've got back down in line, and the lap times have picked back up. 
The issue was exactly what you just said, Jeff Striegel. Denny was not happy. He got rooted up out of the groove, and he was angry, and he overdrove the car a few times, locked up the brakes a few times, locked up the tires, slid the tires, but there's no issue with the race car. They just got to get the driver cooled down and get back into a rhythm, which they're working to do right now. As we got a car around, it's Denny Hamlin, and he is going to bring out the caution flag here on, num on lap number 73, Denny Hamlin. Lap number 74 on the board, last time before halfway. Uh, Dylan may have a shot at this off of turn two, gets a good launch. He's leaning on the door panel of Bubba Wallace. Boy, he's going to kick the car sideways. He's going to lose second to Truex across the line. They are halfway down. Bubba Wallace will lead the field back off of turn number two. Trouble turn number two. Ty Gibbs goes for a spin, and that'll bring us to the caution flag. Truex right now has other things as we got a car in trouble in turn four it's kevin harvick harvick goes around pointing southbound in the northbound lane of turn number four second trouble off turn Priest. number two around goes michael mcdowell he got hammered made a 360 chase elliott with nowhere to go made contact with the mcdowell car ty gibbs got a mix up in that mess as well alex bowman hanging tough on that outside lane still brian priest has not cleared him they're side by side for that third place battle two by two by two off turn four and kyle bush gets turned they started to stack up just inside the top 10, and Kyle Busch does the 180 and goes all the way to the rear of the field. He got wiped out by Joey Logano. Wiped out. Joey, I don't even know if Joey lifted going into turn number three, and he just hammered Kyle Busch. Ryan Priest, but he just radioed into the crew and said, guys, I think I'm starting to blow up. They just said, run it all you got. Just let it lay out there and see if you can hang in there. He's got Martin Truex Jr. now going to the inside. Battle for the race lead off turn four. Heavy contact. Truex emerges with the top spot. Ryan Priest falls in line second. Goodbye, good night. Truex gone, but the fight is on for second. And it may be a fight before it's all said and done. Here comes Austin Dillon back on Bubba Wallace. And Wallace will go around. And he'll back that Toyota into the fence. You knew it was coming. You just didn't know who was going to throw the knockout punch first. Would it be Austin Dillon? Would it be Bubba Wallace? It turns out, knockout punch delivered by Austin Dillon, but I'm not sure Bubba Wallace is done yet. Nope, he's going to pull right down, and he's going to get into Austin Dillon's car. Bubba Wallace pulls down off the, uh, the two-and-a-half-degree banking and drives into the right front of Austin Dillon and sits in front of Dillon now. White flag is in the air. Final lap of the Bush Light Clash. It looks like Martin Truex Jr. may take the win here at the Coliseum. Off the corner he comes. He still has a three-car length, four-car length advantage over Austin Dillon, who's being hounded by Kyle Busch. MTJ, Martin Truex Jr. has scored the win in the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. Truex dominating this event, the second half of the event, and drives to victory lane. Coming up, Hendrick Motorsports will be eyeing another strong season in 2023. We'll check out what's ahead for them, and later, another Daytona 500 flashback. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! 
Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Hendrick Motorsports fielded all four of its drivers in the playoff field of 16 last year in the NASCAR Cup Series with Chase Elliott falling just short of his second Cup Series championship in Phoenix. The expectations should be high once again as one of NASCAR's powerhouse outfits gears up for the 2023 season. Our Tim Cattlefamo is here and takes us inside the walls of Hendrick Motorsports. The 2023 NASCAR Cup Series season is almost here as Hendrick Motorsports will once again be back in the limelight. Hendrick has become one of the surest bets in the NASCAR Cup Series as all four of its drivers went to victory lane in 2022. Alex Bowman picked up a win at Las Vegas while William Byron won twice at Atlanta and Martinsville. Wind the clock for William Byron off four and he will win tonight at Martinsville. Career win number four for Willie B. Kyle Larson's three wins last year came at Fontana Watkins Glen, where he swept the weekend, and at Homestead in October. One more flexing of the muscles for Kyle Larson and the Valvoline Chevrolet. He's got the big lead in hand, no traffic ahead, final time off turn two. And of course, Chase Elliott, who won a team high five times on his way to a championship four appearance in Phoenix. Here comes Elliott on the outside, it's Ford versus Chevrolet for the win at Talladega. Here comes Chase Elliott, he's going to lead him through the trioval. Can he lead him all the way to the checkered flag? Ryan Blaney is there he'll look to the outside he won't get there and chase elliott has won at talladega despite all the winning the team fell just short of a third consecutive drivers championship and finished third in the final owner's standings so can the team add to rick hendrick's trophy case in 2023 the unknowns of the next-gen car are behind Chase Elliott and the number nine team. Through the experience of those obstacles, along with his successes, Elliott believes he's prepared for the challenges ahead this year. Certainly, as I look at the last, you know, the end of the season, um, probably the last nine were, you know, aside from Talladega, were Talladega and the Roval, you know, were, were pretty bad, uh, in my opinion. And I thought Phoenix was actually shaping up to get better. I was, I was starting to feel... Like, hey, we're, you know, we have a chance to get in the ball game here. Joey was certainly dominant, and it was going to be very hard to beat him. Um, but I felt like we had just kind of got over that hump. I'm like, man, um, I feel like our car is driving pretty good right here. Let's just kind of settle in and see what we got. It was, you know, so would have liked to have seen where we stacked up. You know, obviously would have loved to have, have won, but at the same time, just to see where we stacked up, like, hey, are we improving or not, you know? Um, so, yeah, you know, looking forward to going into the season. A lot's going to change again. You know, people resubmitted bodies over the winter. Uh, I think all three OEMs resubmitted bodies through through the winter time. Um, obviously, as we all know, aerodynamics is a huge piece of the puzzle. Uh, sounds like we're all going to be even closer yet. So uh, we'll see, you know, how, how true that is or what tricks people have, you know, for, for the season. Hopefully we have more than, more than others, but um, – if not, we're going to go to work and, and fight you know, throughout the whole season and, and see what we have. At one point during the 2021 season, it seemed like Kyle Larson was unbeatable. Later that fall, Larson evaded disaster at Charlotte on his way to his first Cup Series championship. But if 2021 was smooth sailing, Larson hit some choppy waters in 2022. Despite the mistakes made last season, Larson is feeling confident in his team's ability to minimize them in 2023 and get back to competing for a championship. When your car is fast, 
you know, it just makes everything a lot easier. Decision making, um, pit road, like you're just your whole race is just a lot more relaxed. And um, but when time you, it's not, it's rare that your car is perfect all the time. It's rare that you're you you are the dominant car. So when you're not, yeah, it's just I think for me, it's just trying to maximize your day without pushing the issue too much, you know, and it's all the little details too. You know, there was a lot of mistakes. I mean, the last pit stop of the race last year, I had tried to squeeze a little bit more, getting in my stall, lock my brakes up, slid through, had to back up, lost, lost time. So it's just like little stuff like that. You know, the little details that I think you just have to be more focused on and, um, to minimize mistakes. I think just, I mean, if there's a word, it's just focus, just focus harder. And, and, uh, I think that'll help take care of the mistakes a little bit more. 2022 was the first season in the Cup Series with multiple wins for William Byron, a goal he set prior to last season. So following the improvements and a trip to the round of eight, what's ahead for William Byron in 2023? Yeah, I think uh, for us, just making the Final Four is kind of the ultimate goal. And I feel like um, for us last year, multiple wins was certainly uh, certainly good. It was a goal of mine um, you know, that we set out to do. And I think this year, just thinking about trying to get to that Final Four, trying to make that final step I would say to to get a championship so um, certainly want to do that and but I think really it's a it's a long season Um, you want to have success throughout the entire uh, season and that's what puts you in a good position to advance to the championship four so um, yeah I think that's our goal is just try to get you know multiple wins uh, throughout the year try to get the bonus points up and give ourselves a good cushion going into uh, the playoffs. Of the four Hendrick Motorsports drivers, Alex Bowman is the only one undergoing a change atop the pit box as Greg Ives retired at the end of the 2022 season. Blake Harris now takes over for Ives as Bowman enters a contract year, leading to excitement and a little bit of anxiety for the man driving the 48. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, Yeah, I'm pumped up, ready to go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, just getting to know Blake has been a lot of fun. Uh, spent some time together at Chili Bowl recently, and um, it's going to be a fun year. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready to actually get to the racetrack and, and do that part of my job. It's just exciting for me. I've, I've never known a successful cup team without Greg, so there's definitely some anxiety there, but at the same time, um, excitement to, to have a, a new face and a new voice on top of the pit box. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. All told, it should be an exciting season for all involved at Hendrick Motorsports in 2023. Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott will be working to live up to their championship expectations. William Byron will hope this is finally his year to race in NASCAR's Final Four. And Alex Bowman, with much to prove, will try to balance the dynamics of his new crew chief pairing, along with his desire to visit Victory Lane multiple times this season. One thing is clear. Hendrick Motorsports will once again be a factor in 2023. Thank you, Tim. Coming up, we'll dig into the past and head back to the 2013 Daytona 500. And later, we'll delve into the goings-on at Trackhouse Racing. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The countdown to Daytona is now less than two weeks. One week from Sunday. It'll be the 65th running of the Daytona 500. Now, let's take time to flash back to the 2013 renewal of the Great American Race. The start of the 2013 NASCAR Cup Series season, like the opening of most campaigns, brought a multitude of storylines. Most notably, the series introduced the Generation 6 car, which succeeded the Car of Tomorrow design, which NASCAR had utilized in competition for more than five years. And there is no shortage of new partnerships in the garage area. For example, after having driven for Roush Fenway Racing exclusively throughout his Cup Series career, former series champion Matt Kenseth made the move to Joe Gibbs Racing, replacing Joey Logano. Logano, meanwhile, had found a new home at Team Penske, which was in the process of returning to Ford after Dodge had exited the sport at the end of 2012. The lineup of rookie drivers entering the series was also noteworthy. They included back-to-back Xfinity Series champion Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who was pegged to replace Kenseth at Roush Fenway. And Danica Patrick was embarking on her first full-time Cup Series season, driving for Stuart Haas Racing. The rookies, in fact, became the key storyline as NASCAR descended upon Daytona Beach, Florida for Speed Weeks. History has been made. Danica Patrick has won the pole for the Daytona 500. Her first career NASCAR Sprint Cup Series pole. Has it started to sink in that you are the Daytona 500 pole winner? Yeah, now it has. Um, But I think it's important that you take this camera and you span all the way around the car and show all these guys because they're the reason why I'm sitting on the pole. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy that I could, you know, do whatever I could out there as a driver to bring it home like that because I knew it was I knew it was a pole contending car. And that's what I wanted to bring home for them. Patrick made history as Speed Weeks began, becoming not only the first woman to win the pole position for the Daytona 500, but also the first woman in the history of the sport to lead a field to the green flag. Patrick was joined on the front row by four-time series champion Jeff Gordon, and virtually everyone in attendance was on his feet as Patrick and Gordon, followed closely by qualifying race winners Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch, brought the field to green. Danica Patrick choosing the outside lane for the start. The pole sitter has that option. She is there. Jeff Gordon down to the inside as the American Ethanol green flag waves and the Daytona 500 is underway. Gordon was able to take the lead from Patrick and assumed control of the race before a caution flag flew on lap 27 for debris. Gordon would still be at the point when the race went back to green at lap 31. But just a few laps later, a multi-car accident would unfold in the trioval. Kevin Harvick's hopes of sweeping speed weeks have come to an end. A hard crash in turn one. Juan Pablo Montoya involved. Tony Stewart involved. Casey Mears may have gotten a piece of it as well. They tangled entering turn number one. Stewart's car rolls to a stop on the apron in two. Harvick's car all torn up in turn number one. That accident effectively ended the chances of victory for former Daytona 500 winner Kevin Harvick, while Tony Stewart and Casey Kane lost any hope of hoisting the Harley J. Earl Trophy for the first time. Five-time series champion Jimmy Johnson, who was making his 400th career start, was leading at the time of the caution. But defending race champion Matt Kenseth soon would prove to be the class of the field in his debut for Joe Gibbs Racing. Kenseth would have four stints at the front for a race-best 86 laps led. Still, there were others who took turns at the point, including the pole sitter. Patrick might not have led the opening lap, 
but she fought hard and became a Daytona 500 leader on lap 90. Danica Patrick made NASCAR history by putting that Chevrolet on the point for the Daytona 500, and now she has just led her first lap ever in the two races she has started. Danica Patrick shows the way. Kenseth was able to find his way back to the lead and was at the front of the pack when another chain reaction caused the second multi-car accident of the race on lap 138. Big time trouble in turn number two. Josh Wise is in the fence. Looks like Terry Labonte got a piece of the action. A number of others, including David Reagan. Carl Edwards has gotten a piece of it as well. Trevor Bain is involved. Multi-car crash midway in turn two. On lap 150, the complexion of the race changed when Kenseth experienced an engine failure while leading the event, with teammate Kyle Busch suffering the same fate just a couple of laps later. That car beginning to slow now off turn four. He's been the class of the field all day, but Steve Post now now he's coming to pit road. And we'll keep an eye and see what kind of work they do on the automobile. Jason Ratcliffe is the crew chief on this car. The Dollar General Toyota now appears here on the front straightaway. Smoke boiling out from the right front of the car. And the crew is in no hurry at all. That is a sure indicator that they believe it's something terminal. With Kenseth now in the garage, it seemed the 55th running of the Daytona 500 was in search of a new favorite. Two drivers in particular would stake a claim to the favorite's role in the final 50 laps, with Jimmy Johnson and Brad Keselowski dueling for the lead multiple times. In fact, the two drivers were side-by-side for the top spot when a final caution flew for debris, setting up a six-lap showdown for all the glory. Would Johnson win the 500 for the second time in his career? Or would Keselowski, the 2012 series champion, win the sport's biggest race to start 2013? Or would another driver emerge to take the checkered flag? Six laps remain in the Daytona 500. The green flag is out, and it will be a drag race. The best spot on the racetrack, or so it seems, is out front. Jimmy trying to break away from Brad. Heading to the white flag, Keselowski had dropped outside the top five as Johnson led Greg Biffle, Patrick, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. And while Jr. made a valiant charge on the final lap, it was not enough to pry the trophy out of Johnson's grasp. Here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. He'll dive to the bottom. He's got third. He's going for second. Earnhardt going for the lead. He has a good run going into turn number three. Tucks in the line behind race leader Jimmy Johnson. Off of turn number four. It's the low Chevrolet. Johnson leads off the corner. Jimmy Johnson takes his Chevrolet to the bottom of the racetrack. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will look to the inside. Look to the outside, but he will not get it done. And Jimmy Johnson has won the Daytona 500 for the second time in his career. You've won this race before, but the last several years, it just hasn't smiled on you. What does it mean for the momentum going into the 2013 season? Well, there's no other way to start the season than to win the Daytona 500. I'm a very lucky man to have won it twice, and uh, very honored to be on that trophy with all the greats that have ever been in our sport. So, uh, amazing day for, for myself, for this team. With that victory, Johnson joined an all-star list of drivers to win in their 400th career start. That win was also an omen of things to come, as Johnson used that momentum as the starting point for what would become his sixth championship. Now, 10 years later, Johnson will be back behind the wheel in the Daytona 500, this time driving for Legacy Motor Club as he looks to join another exclusive list, namely that of three-time Daytona 500 winners.
Thank you, Kurt. NASCAR Live Race Day will be on the air one week from Sunday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and that will lead us up to the 65th running of the Daytona 500. Wheeling Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll learn what's cooking over at Trackhouse Racing as the team looks to follow up from its strong 2022 season, and later... We'll take a look at some of the other cup teams as they get ready to head in to Daytona next weekend. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. Trackhouse Racing nearly stole the show last year as Ross Jastain and Daniel Suarez took the NASCAR Cup Series world by storm in just their second year of existence. Both Ross and Daniel earned their first Cup Series wins in 2022, with Ross fighting his way into the championship four after one of NASCAR's all-time moments in Martinsville. So how does one follow up from the coming out party that we saw from Trackhouse? Our Susie Armstrong tells us how they plan to do it. Ross Chastain will win the Geico 500. The biggest surprise of 2022 was Trackhouse Racing. In year two of existence, the organization won a total of three races as both Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain earned their first career NASCAR Cup Series victories. Even though those feats were milestone accomplishments for both drivers, what left everyone buzzing about the team was what transpired during the last lap at Martinsville. Chastain did a video game move, drove it and never lifted, put it against the safer barrier in turn three, never lifted all the way around the turn, and Ross Chastain passes Denny Hamlin. Ross Chastain will get into the playoff. Chastain's Hail Melon will go down as one of the most iconic moments in NASCAR history, and the driver still hasn't grasped just how much the gutsy move meant to the sport. Look, it's a novelty thing that happened it was not scripted. I probably overstated what I did on video games. It, it wasn't like I practiced it and, and ever thought I would ever do it. Or when I was doing those, playing those video games, I was never, I never raced. So I never even thought about, you know, it in real life, not on the screen. So like I said a minute ago, I don't know that I'll ever grasp, but I think one day I'll have a little bit clearer picture of what that meant. And the story in the book is still waiting to be written on what we do with it now. That move propelled Chastain to the championship four in Phoenix, where he would wind up one spot shy of a championship. The Florida native ended the year red hot as he finished fourth or better in five of the last six events. When looking ahead to 2023, Chastain knows the momentum they gained at the end of the year has to carry over. This sport is all about momentum, whether you're running the the top at Darlington versus someone running the bottom off turn four, the momentum is going to carry you and on track week to week, putting together performances, you know, in the top 10 and top five in the cup series is just such a special thing. And for me and Trackhouse to get to experience that with both cars last year and just sustain that level of competition, the cars are staying the same. There's a few bumper and clip changes that we're doing to, to help the crashes, but a lot of stuff is staying similar. Now there will be an evolution cycle and, and there will be new cars that come to the front and some that cycle back, but we're doing everything we can to, to stay up there. So yeah, we've proven 
happen throughout all of 2022. And now the cool part is we get to do it again. Expectations and popularity have drastically increased for the 30-year-old, but Chastain isn't feeling any additional pressure coming off the best season of his career. The pressure was a handful of years ago whenever I was just trying to get to the track and I was just trying to get my season funded and recover from being fired or recover from the team being shut down or not getting the ride I wanted. That's where the pressure was, was making sure I was at the track to not let my career die. Trackhouse was the first in Chastain's career to ink a deal solidifying his future longer than just one season. This is the first time that I haven't had to work on my current year ride, right? Like I wasn't negotiating about 2023 and 2022. We, we signed up, we knew we had two years. And so uh, that that's a relief where I've never had that. I've never signed for any more than one year in any time in my time in the sport. Chastain's teammate, Daniel Suarez, also feels a similar sentiment when it comes to his future with Trackhouse Racing. And in 2020, I had some interviews, and in some of those, I say that I believe that this was the best opportunity I was going to have in the Cup Series to grow. And a lot of people didn't know what I was talking about. And now they do, because... I was seeing something that nobody else could see because they were not having these conversations with them. So yeah, I mean, you know, I feel very, very happy to finally have found, you know, a team that not just believe in me, but they are putting every single effort and resource and people into, hey, what else do you need? Hey, you know, what else do you think we need to go faster? Hey, you know, people-wise, hey, what about this? What about that? Like always looking for more. So you have to have every single thing on top of your game. And unfortunately, you know, I just didn't have that in the past. And, and with Trackhouse, we've been building that slowly, and, and I feel like we're heading in that direction. Suarez not only earned his first career win at Sonoma Raceway, he also nearly led more laps in 2022 than what he did in his previous five seasons of full-time Cup Series racing. His performance on the track led to team owner Justin Marks signing the 31-year-old to an extension in the 99 car for the 2023 season. The Monterey, Mexico native is happy with last year's success, but knows there's still work to be done. I mean, I hate to say it this way, but, but we have to work to meet expectations because last year we were underdogs and we were working very hard and everyone was very hungry and, and the results came. This year we have to make sure that we stay humble and, and we work even harder than, than last year. And the results are going to come, but the worst thing that can happen is for us to feel like we're entitled, right? That, okay, we did great last year, we're going to do great this year, you know? We, we just have to do the same thing. Well, it doesn't work like that. You know, you have to stay hungry and you have to work harder than last year because everyone is going to work harder. So I think that definitely the expectations are high. The expectations for myself are, as a race car driver are way higher. I feel like we have, you know, the potential for way more. And I can't wait to see what we can do. What may have been far-fetched for most critics has now become reality for the young race team. Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain might have entered 2022 as underdogs, but after the drivers burst onto the scene and elevated expectations with on-track success, Trackhouse Racing enters 2023 as contenders. Coming up, we'll detail the upcoming seasons for some of NASCAR's smaller teams. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We've spent plenty of time talking about the big boys in the NASCAR Cup Series and highlighting some of the other stars and storylines heading into this upcoming season. Let's take some time now to recognize a few of the other teams that could compete week in and week out this season. Here's MRN's Kyle Rickey. If the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season proved anything, it is that with the next generation race car, any team can win on any given week. While these next few teams didn't make the playoffs last year, all of them seem to be contenders that could make a Trackhouse Racing-esque jump in 2023. Here comes Eric Jones all by himself off turn number four. Denny Hamlin, one last shot won't be enough. And Eric Jones is a two-time Southern 500 winner. The most popular team mentioned as one that could make that huge jump this season is the team formerly known as Petty GMS. This offseason, the team made multiple huge moves, including a rebranding to Legacy Motor Club. But their marquee driver has stayed the same. Eric Jones is back for another year in the 43 car. Jones became a two-time Southern 500 champion when he brought that 43 to victory lane at Darlington Raceway last September. And he says that the win jump-started expectations of where the team could be this season. Overall, that win launched us into, um, like you said, just new expectations. We, we wanted that win bad for team morale and just getting everybody, you know, kind of roll in the right direction. But that win uh, really jump-started a lot of things going into this season. So we know where we're at as a team. We know what we need to do to kind of take the next steps to get better uh, than what we even are now. One of Jones' new teammates in 2023 will be Rookie of the Year contender Noah Gregson. Gregson had a career year in the NASCAR Xfinity Series last season, coming just short of winning the championship. Gregson's transition to the 42 car in the Cup Series will be eased by the fact that his crew chief at Junior Motorsports, Luke Lambert, made the move with him to the Cup Series. Gregson says he's excited to see what the two can accomplish together at the sport's top level. I enjoy the opportunity that he's wanting to come over and, and work with me into the future. Now, going into this year at, at Legacy Motor Club and we just have a lot of similar interest and motivate each other, push each other to be better, and we're on the phone three, four times a day. While Legacy Motor Club's full-time driver lineup is stout, the biggest headlines the team made this offseason were because of the addition of a new part-time driver and part owner in their team, Jimmy Johnson. Johnson will pair with the championship-winning crew chief and MRN's own Todd Gordon on a part-time schedule that will include the Daytona 500 and the Chicago Street Race course. Johnson says he's excited to be back and work with the young drivers on the team that he now owns. I've always felt like people helped me get to this point by giving and that I should give back. So now in the ultimate scheme of things, I will have that opportunity to be challenged to do so and really excited to share uh, when I can and how I can. And I don't think I have all the answers and I still have so much to learn, especially with this new role. I know one aspect of the sport, but there are many more for me to learn. And I plan to sit back, listen, take notes from these two pros and, and offer help where I can. The next team that seems poised to take another step forward is Colleague Racing. After running their 16 car last season with multiple drivers behind the wheel, one of those drivers, A.J. Allmendinger, will move back up to the Cup Series and race for the championship in 2023. After the team helped revitalize his career in the Xfinity Series, 
Allmendinger says he couldn't have imagined going back to racing for any other team other than Colleague. No, I, I can't imagine doing it with uh, with another team. Collard Racing over the last four years, part-time and full-time in the Xfinity Series. I've had so much enjoyment with them. That's probably the biggest reason why of, of the Cup Series. I'm still a competitor, and I, I joked around whether it was being naive or dumb or or smart or all the above, but you want to race against the best of the best. And I, sh- I felt like we showed this at times last year in the Cup races. I when we're on, we we can go run with these guys, and I have confidence in myself that I can beat the best of the best. Almendinger will be reunited with former Xfinity Series teammate Justin Haley, who begins his second full-time Cup Series season with colleague in 2023. While the two like to joke that their relationship is comparable to a father and a son, Haley says having Almendinger as a full-time teammate will benefit the team in multiple ways. So, you know, just the personality AJ brings to the team, I think it's pretty clear that he is kind of the soul behind college racing and, and really the energy behind us. And I, I just don't have that trait to me. You know, I feel like I'm kind of a introverted, I'll lay back and do my thing and, and I'll take care of what I need to take care of. Um, so, yeah, I feel like our dynamic together is is really good i kind of calm him out and he kind of raises my energy up while a colleague racing car or a legacy motor club car making the playoffs wouldn't come as a huge shock there are two other teams in the chevy stable that are looking to shock the world for jtg doherty racing and spire motorsports they came close to doing so just a year ago ricky stenhouse jr finished second at dover and Corey lajoy was leading in the closing laps at atlanta both drivers are excited to see if 2023 will see them get to victory lane. I felt like us last year, we hit that setup for about a month. It seemed like we wouldn't, I don't think we finished worse than eighth, um, you know, in a month. And we had a shot at winning Dover. Uh, felt like we had a car capable of winning, winning Charlotte. So, you know, it can be done if, if you hit the right setup. Towards the end of the year, when we executed a, just a solid day of what we were capable of, in terms of speed, we were a 17th to 21st place car. Uh, if we can do that, we'll be in a pretty good points position and, and give ourselves some chances to win the speedways and, and you know, maybe get lucky of, of getting some track position somewhere and, and, you know, sneaking one out. But I think the potential ceiling for us next year is continue, continue to, to race. Both teams will also welcome new faces in 2023 as JTG moves Mike Kelly into the crew chief role for Stenhouse. The two have history having won championships together in the Xfinity Series. LaJoy will have a new full-time teammate at Spire as Ty Dillon will drive the number 77 car for the full slate and give the team two shots at making an underdog run at the playoffs. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we're going to take a flashback to the 2000 Gatorade duels at Daytona. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, it's about time for us to head to Daytona for another round of Speed Weeks Racing at the World Center of Racing. Let's go all the way back 23 years ago to the 2000 Gatorade Duels at Daytona. 
They are nearly five seconds behind the front three. Elliot Jarrett, Rusty Wallace, they're still going by us now. And five seconds later, you'll hear the second pack come by. Nobody stepping out of line. Well, I think the whole big difference and the smart thing that they could do is the front three since they got kind of single file. What about the second lap going around this racetrack? Neither one of those three has pulled out to do anything while from fourth place on back, they've been running door to door, side by side, two wide. That's the difference right there. And I don't know that with just the three cars up there, we talked about will Dale Jarrett pull out and make a move on Bill Elliott to try and get the win with only Rusty Wallace behind him in years past, recently, the configuration of the cars. That's not been enough drafting help to make something happen. New configuration of the cars with the changes to the shock and spring rules and so on. Will Jarrett and Wallace be able to team up and draft by Bill Elliott? Don't know. We're going to find out here in the next four minutes. But... I think you'll give him a shot. I think you'll give him a shot, but in years past, that's not enough cars to have made something happen. Well, we'll see as they come down to the line. That will give them three laps to go for Bill Elliott, Dale Jarrett, and Rusty Wallace, your top three. Run quickly a little further back. Tony Stewart still fourth. Mark Martin is fifth. Jeff Gordon is sixth. It's Bobby Labonte seventh. Scott Pruitt eighth. Dale Jarrett's ninth. Ken Schrader make up your top ten. Then Jeremy Mayfield, Robbie Gordon, Terry Labonte, Johnny Benson, and Chad Little. Those cars are in the 500. They're in turn two. Let's go to the tenth place battle now where Ken Schrader rides the high line in turn number two to the inside. They're hooked up nose to tail. Jeremy Mayfield leading the draft there with Robbie Gordon and Johnny Benson helping out. Jeremy Mayfield up to the tenth position. Gets back up in the line just behind ninth place Dale Earnhardt. They're still side by side for 11th. Ken Schrader just to the outside of Robbie Gordon. Robbie Gordon He's trying something virtually every lap. He goes down low on the banking now, brings Terry Labonte and Chad Little along with him. Four cars stay to their outside, all four. Two laps to go. The leader's already across the stripe. Dale Jarrett laying back a little bit from Bill Elliott. Is he trying to get a run at him in the draft in turn one? Maybe hoping that Rusty Wallace will pull up behind and give him a little bit of help once they get down to the closing laps. For now, Elliott has about a four-car length lead, while Rusty Wallace is merely a car length off the rear deck of second place Dale Jarrett. Trio of Fords up at the head of the field, led by the red and yellow machine of Bill Elliott. He's changing lanes on the backstretch, trying to break any attempt at the draft that Dale Jarrett might make. Well, Dale Jarrett now right back to the low side of the track again. He had dropped back a couple of car lanes. He's now back to about a half car length down to Elliott. Rusty Wallace right with them as they head to the white flag. One lap to go for the leaders as they come down to the line. Again, Dale Jarrett about three, four car lengths back of Bill Elliott. Will he make a run on him as they go down to turn number one? Tell you where the real scramble is final lap's going to be. He's going to be back there for about 10th, 11th. But right now, let's pick up the leaders in turn one. Front three cars come back into the corner, having to take a little higher line this time because of slower traffic occupying the inside lane. No one shows their hand. Back for the fourth place battle. That stays single file. Fourth back from about the seventh position. Ninth on back, Robbie Gordon has gained a spot. Dale Earnhardt is losing positions. He takes the high line as Jeremy Mayfield goes after him. As Earnhardt stays locked in a side-by-side tussle, the leaders work their way off the end of the backstretch with Bill Elliott still in front. If Jarrett has anything, he's got to show it here. He's still a car length down. Elliott off turn four. Looks as though McDonald's is going to serve up another winner. Here comes Bill Elliott into the trial and a return to Daytona's victory lane for the popular Georgia driver. Elliott wins the first of today's Gatorade 125s. One car length over Dale Jarrett with Rusty Wallace right behind him in third. Tony Stewart gets fourth. Mark Martin fifth. Jeff Gordon sixth. Bobby Labonte seventh. Looks like Scott Pruitt in eighth. Robbie Gordon ninth. Jeremy Mayfield tenth. The rest of the transferees are Dale Earnhardt, Ken Schrader, Terry Labonte, Johnny Benson, and Chad Little. Those drivers in the Daytona 500 on Sunday by virtue 
virtue of their finish in this qualifying race. The streak is over for Earnhardt, and Elliott is a winner at Daytona once again. Let's go to Pit Road. Well, with Kevin Cram, I tell you what, this uh, decision by committee is working out great. Elliott did a great job. Congratulations. This drive-through crew is awesome. Mike Ford, myself, Troy Raker. I mean, we're doing good. Guys back at the shop are doing a great job. Bill Elliott, he's the man. He put it out front to start with. Never was seriously challenged. Bill Elliott headed to victory lane. That flashback is brought to you by Mahindra. Race fans, don't forget to cheer for Chase Briscoe in the Mahindra Tractors number 14 car and race into your local dealer for big savings on Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. Folks, that's all the time we have for you for this week. Don't forget, we're back with NASCAR Live wide open on Thursday. Check that out and download that wherever you download your podcast. We're back with NASCAR Live Tuesday, one week from today, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, we're back at the racetrack one week from Sunday with the Daytona 500. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us, and we'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.